We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, KJ Podcast. Happy New Year. Happy Black Monday. There's eight head coaching vacancies in the NFL. I would not want to be playing Duck, Duck, Goose. I don't think there's a ton of good candidates this year. And a lot of these teams, Dolphins, Buccaneers, Jets, they're in the same trap. Bengals obviously had to make a move. We're not going to analyze everything, but point I'm trying to make, 49ers are 4-12. and They're not happy about their season. They still believe in their head coach. They still believe they have a franchise quarterback in the building. We're going to recap the season, forecast 2019, kind of do some one-liners about players, quickly go over the roster, how they do this season. Maybe we'll get into the Rams game a little bit. Week 17 was a throwaway game. Three turnovers out of the gate. It was 21-3. I mean, I paid attention to the game, but I also had red zone on as well was meaningless football. It was not the way the 49ers wanted to end the season. I'm not pressing panic alarm bells over a blowout loss to the Rams. And George Kittle set the tight end receiving record. We'll get there. And the 49ers secured the number two overall pick in the draft. Arizona Cardinals will be picking before them. Interesting, real quickly on the Cardinals, they had 49 sacks on the year, tied for fifth in the NFL can make the argument Nick Bosa or an edge rusher does not make the most sense for a team with that many needs. We'll see who they hire as head coach. They could be firing their GM as well. A lot up in the air in Arizona. They're going to be linked to the 49ers really all offseason, picking one and two. Blue Wire is a sports podcasting network I launched. We are about to announce our biggest acquisition yet, an existing podcast that has a big fan base that the most famous NBA player is retweeting Really fun 
announcement coming in the next week or so. Love the content we're building, bluewirepods.com. Check out our stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's kind of paint the narrative for the season in San Francisco. The Niners go 4-12. and Really a brutal season that had a couple highs. And you can argue, as I've said before, like the Giants, Buccaneers, Jets, other people had more torturous seasons, and the 49ers are ending up picking number two overall. So there are worse scenarios to be in. The 49ers still believe in Kyle Shanahan as their head coach. The Reuben Foster thing was was a big low. And the turnovers really told the story of the whole season. The 49ers were 0-9 when they committed two turnovers or more. They were 4-3 in games with one turnover or less. They just didn't have the talent to overcompensate when they made mistakes or if they got a big lead, the offense would give the football away, the defense would be in a bad position, and they couldn't make plays themselves. You want to know the key stat about the defense? There's going to be people hyping up. They were 13th overall in yards allowed. That does not matter. Opposing quarterbacks threw 35 touchdowns. The defense had two interceptions. If a quarterback had that season in the league, they'd be considered an MVP candidate. This passing defense is not very good. Don't look at the yardage. They were put in bad positions by the offense, but they didn't make any plays. Of course, you're going to say, well, what about the D-line? What about the pressures? Yeah, and that's a big deal. The 49ers, 37 sacks on the year. That's 22nd in the league. You take away that fluky Oakland game where the Raiders quit on John Gruden and it was a complete thrashing. The O-line laid down. 49ers had seven or eight sacks that game. Let's put them at 30 sacks for the year. Now they're second to last in the league in sacks. It's all correlated. The defense didn't make enough plays. DeForest Buckner was a huge find. Fred Warner, you can lean on some. You got to get him a partner there. I don't hate everything going on defensively. There was an early part of December where Robert Sala was on the hot seat. He really weathered the storm. They lose to Denver and Seattle thrashes them. There's talk about Sala being gone. 49ers win a couple games. You still have people like John Middlecoff crying about, hey, they should have lost to Seattle. Now they'd be picking number one overall. I'm over that now. Um, I think at number two, you're still going to be able to get an edge rusher. If you weren't in the top two, then I was going to start to worry because it looks like D-line is the deepest part of this draft and the most clear cut with Ed Oliver. Quinnen Williams from Alabama is going to be a hot name. There's just a lot a lot of draft coverage to get to. We're not going to go over all that today. This is about the 49ers 2018 season. Yeah, I'm still high on Kyle Shanahan. I'll give him a grade of a B for the year. I'll look at George Kittle setting the receiving record and say not a lot of head coaches around the league could have done that. I would say maybe Sean McVay, maybe Sean Payton. Part of it was, hey, the 49ers missed on some of their wide receiver evaluations on Pierre Garcon. Marquise Goodwin had a really down year. Kyle really only had one option to move the football. Kittle. Kittle became consistent. I was worried he was going to hit home runs and then go two for 12 and be hurt. He literally became eight for 80, 10 for 130. And his biggest stat, I think it's Dave Lombardi who tweeted this. Kittle had the most yards after catch of anyone in the league. And Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley were behind him. He's on that type of level. He's a weapon after the run blowing by safeties. He's faster than literally every safety that he played this year. No one caught him. He blew by people. Kyle recognized this ability pre-draft. You have to give him credit here. 
I look at Nick Mullins finishing the year with a 90.8 quarterback rating, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I got high towards the end of the year, 8.3 yards per attempt, 64.2 completion percentage. Matt Breida, 814 yards, 5.3 yards per carry, had 10 runs of over 20 yards or more. It's only 58 yards per game. So yeah, Breida can be your 1A, but you prefer to see him as a 1B kind of. This offense overachieved with backup quarterbacks. For Kittle to set the record like that in this offense, when you have Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes scoring 26 points every week, all 16 weeks, like just the Chiefs are doing things offensively and moving the league forward. Kyle is too a little bit. The way he's used this tight end as a centerpiece of the offense, it could continue going forward. And that's the big news about George Kittle. He could be the centerpiece. Travis Kelsey is the centerpiece of the Chiefs offense. Offensive creativity, you can do this now in the NFL. You don't need top flight wide receivers. We'll get into the offseason plans. I do think the 49ers look at some wide receivers available in a trade. Not A.J. Green, a little too old, but peek around, poke around. A third-round pick or a second in 2020? I would think about it if it was the right player. We're not going to get into all these names yet, but just looking at the roster, looking what happened offensively, they need receivers, but Kyle did a damn good job really about everything. Besides the Western Richburg signing, he hasn't been good in pass protection. It's been noticeable. You're going to have to go against Aaron Donald every year. And you might have missed on a center that cost a lot of money. So Kyle, if you want to dot Kyle's grade, you say Weston Richburg, you say C.J. Beathard, you say Joe Williams cut earlier this year, and you say why are all the undrafted guys better than these guys? Kendrick Bourne is better. Richie James, the seventh-round pick, is good. I mean, Dante Pettis, you ultimately, you see a lot of 49ers fans say he's a number one receiver. I ultimately think he's your number two. He's your number two option that you look at um, and, and you have a better wide receiving option or, or someone equally as good as him. I don't think he's your number one. I do think receiver is the biggest need on offense. Crazy as that is, even a second round pick, they've tried to sign guys. There, there's not a ton of free agency. I looked over that list. There's nothing really going on there. So yeah, I'm giving Kyle a B. I'm giving Robert Sala a D plus this year, maybe a C minus if you want to be fair. Because they really told him, carve up this turkey, no knife. Like, you got to figure this out. He didn't make very many adjustments. They still play too much zone in this scheme. I want to see more man. They're just not there with the cornerbacks yet. They've got to flank linebackers out to help. Solomon Thomas didn't get developed much. Akilah Weatherspoon didn't get developed much. I'm not thrilled with the defense's development. No one can be. It's hard for them that they're going to stay status quo on defense and, and say, trust us that we're going to get better. If they don't, if the defense isn't good next year, Robert Sala is automatically fired. I, I couldn't envision a scenario. The one thing about the defense, they did allow under 250 yards passing 12 times. Part of that is because the offense put them in bad positions and their field position was bad. But yardage-wise, they got off the football field from time to time. Like They could do that. They just couldn't make a play. Only 3.9 of the drives ended in turnovers. I mean... I don't know the issue here. It can't be all that the 49ers have bad players here. Robert Sala did not put them in positions to make turnovers as well. Everyone's partially to blame here. 
The defense isn't one of the worst in the league, though. I put them like 25th, 26th, maybe 24th, 15th on their best day, but they are clearly missing pieces. The number two overall pick, it would be shocking if it was a receiver or someone on offense. There's no way. I don't think the 49ers would trade it for a player too, like a Khalil Mack type of player. I, I do think they want that rookie contract. They want someone to come in and be a star. You've got to be able to identify young talent if you want to win a Super Bowl. Bottom line, your token for this sucking season is to get this draft right. They're going to add someone on defense. We're kind of going player by player. We're recapping the season. We're also projecting forward. Jaquaski Tard can't be a part of the plan going forward. He can be a backup. I love Adrian Colbert. I also don't think you're counting on him being the starter. Earl Thomas, we're going to continue to just hype that up until it happens. Legion of Boom 2, start the t-shirts now on Blue Wire Pods. You're going to have an older team, but I think that's okay. Like Brandon Graham, signing him as well. If you can get Trey Flowers, if you can get D Ford or Clowney, try and do it. But I, I just don't think those guys are available. Brandon Graham, he's getting up there. He's 30, 31 years old. He only had like three and a half, four sacks this year. You need that piece, though, in addition to one of your draft picks being an edge rusher, another veteran who can give you 20, 25 snaps, and they're better than Cassius Marsh, and they're wearing down O-Lyman. He, he still has some speed on the edge, and, and he's another veteran in the room. I think this team needs more veterans, especially on offense. A lot of the turnovers are coming from young guys, not knowing what to do. I don't know how big Trent Taylor's role will be next season. Richie James and him, you'll figure one of those will be the odd man out. There's going to be another big fish receiver added and probably a draft pick within the fourth, fifth, or sixth round to that receiver room. There's going to be a lot of competition. It's going to be tough to make this football team next year, which is the right thing and, and what you hope for. So we gave Kyle a B. We gave Robert Sala a D plus. I believe you also have to give John Lynch the same grade here as Salah, C minus or D plus, simply because he's tied to the defense. All offensive personnel evaluations and really what's going on on offense is tied to Kyle. Even though John Lynch can help there, we don't know what assist he's throwing there, but he really has to overhaul this defense. The Ruben Foster thing is, yeah, as I said at the time, it was as bad as like a Johnny Manziel situation for John Lynch to be a people person and not identify that that was going on. I don't want to call him a babysitter, but one of his number one things is to make sure everyone on the football team is in a good mental state. How can we help you? He's that guy. He called me by my name. We only knew each other for a few months. Like he's just, he knows everyone. He wants to know everything going on. How can I be supportive? I don't think he identified that Ruben Foster was going to need this much support. Like he's, he's got to be able to snuff these guys out pre-draft. And that's what he came in saying that he can do. And that's got to be his number one talent. And so far he's missing on that. And so far, if Solly T is his pick, it's, it's reflecting very, very poorly. So John Lynch, I don't see a scenario where Kyle would ever get fired before him. Like I think Kyle could coach a football team in year four or five and John Lynch be removed from the situation. The 49ers would have to go 3-13, and 4-12, and 12, maybe even 5-11, and 11, he would be in trouble. If they go anything above 6-10 and 10 in 2019, they'll be okay because it's Jimmy G's first full season. It sucks to say the rebuild is this slow. Look at the Cleveland Browns. They've turned around. They're getting eight wins. You would automatically think the 49ers should be there 
Um, I hope so, too. I can't deliver promises. They're going to have to hit on these draft picks. They're young players. They need more Kittles. They need more guys who are going to be stars later on. You remain competitive by ha- having your third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks be studs as well. 49ers have gotten some of that right. It's big picture looking at all the big players of the 49ers. Adam Peters, his stock is lower today than it was to start the year. Look at everything going on in Denver. Shane Ray was inactive a lot of the season. A lot of the top picks he's been involved with in Denver did not pan out there. They're firing coaches. They don't have the right quarterback. John Elway's made his own mess. John Lynch has also learned from John Elway. Like We have hyped up John Elway as being some personnel guy. The 49ers personnel stuff is coming from John Elway, and the scouts are Trent Baalke guys. They still have to fine-tune the football philosophy going on upstairs. I think they're in harmony. You hear nothing about infighting. You still have Martin Mayhew, some of that old Lions pedigree as well. What is 49ers pedigree on defense? Who are they going after? They go after the Akilah Witherspoon to various more types for corners. They want long, lean. They're willing to take a project at corner. Corner is a big issue here next year. DJ Reed could be your nickel. K1 can be your nickel. You're not fretting about nickel, but... I don't want Akilah Witherspoon starting next year opening day. I think he can come in as a backup and you feel a lot more comfortable. You know, then eventually he could overtake someone like coming in for a backup and playing really hot. I'm okay with that second corner being more of a turnkey, but you ultimately want a really solid starter there. And free agency, I don't know if it's going to offer that. So corner is going to be an issue moving forward. It has been this season. Yeah, guys, not focusing too much on the Week 17 loss, as I mentioned earlier. It's a throwaway game. 49ers get out of it relatively injury-free. Lakin Tomlinson, hopefully that's not serious. He probably will continue to be a starting guard going forward. I think Joshua Garnett came in for him. I don't even know because it was that boring of a game. And you shouldn't focus on them getting blown out. Nice that Kittle broke the record. Nice that Kyle... Fed on the ball. Hopefully he doesn't have to feed him the ball as much next year. Maybe Kittle will never top this statistically again because Jimmy G is spreading the football around so much they're moving the ball. Maybe he will because his yards after the catch in the NFL continues to change. It's awesome to see the 49ers and Chiefs be at the forefront of this, having your tight end be the focal point. Obviously the Patriots for so many years with Gronkowski, even the Eagles now with Zach Ertz. It's, it's cool to see the NFL change. Big offseason ahead. Hot seat will be real next year if they suck with Jimmy G. Kyle and John Lynch will not get fired after year three. Kyle is at least getting year four. I'm not worried about John Lynch yet, but those who are skeptical and why I wanted them to lose Seattle and why I wanted them to have the number one or two overall pick here is make it as easy as possible. Let's get this draft pick correct. He has hits, no doubt, for sure. This football team is a lot better than it was two seasons ago. Remember the sour taste in 49ers fans' mouth after Trent Baalke is fired a couple days before the Week 17 game. It leaks out. Chip Kelly gets a phone call the night before the game that he's probably getting fired. That gets leaked out. You know, Jed York is in a much higher standing than he was two seasons ago especially his little post-game locker room speech after Tony York's, his brother's passing. You do not see all the negative Jed York tweets that you did. And not that Twitter is everything and monitors the whole fan base. I will say the, the concerning part about Jed and the fan base is that 
There was a lot of Bears fans there to close the season. Some Broncos fans. Niners fans still aren't showing up yet. and You can't blame them because of the Jimmy G injury. But next year, if they're competitive in November and December, you need home field advantage. Like This is a real thing in the NFL. You can't just sit here and say, oh, man, you know, it's California. What are we going to do? There's going to have to be more giveaways, more people getting people enticed to go to the stadium as possible. You, you never felt a home field advantage once this year. And the field surface as well. I, I don't know what they have to do to fix it, but it's not playable. And Pete Carroll was trashing it afterwards too. Luckily, Robbie Gold is such a good kicker that it doesn't matter in that aspect. But hold on, you have a QB coming off an ACL tear and you've got slippy field going on? Jed York, your number one priority in the offseason is get the field fixed. I don't see many people tweeting about it, and every time I do, it gets one retweet and 12 likes. Like, this is an issue. RG3 fucked up his career on a bad field. People have really screwed this up before. You don't want to be the Redskins West. You don't want to be Dan Snyder here. Get your shit correct. Yes, Levi Stadium is very similar to FedEx Field. It's boxy. It's in the middle of nowhere. No one likes the location. It's The, the, the parallels are eerily similar. Fix the field. Do the one thing you can here. You can't fix the sun. You can't do this and that. Spend oodles amount of money. And maybe don't have Taylor Swift concerts all the time in the offseason. Maybe figure out a way to divert those somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Have your concerts there, but figure out a way that it doesn't fuck up the field later in the year and you're bringing in grass. The field should not be multiple colors in brown. All right, that's my field rant. I'm 82 years old. Some of you probably turned off after that. KJ Podcast. Let's go long this time. Let's continue to talk about this team. We're going to be once a week potting. We did two pretty much all season. Jarek McKinnon, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back ne- next season. George Kittle wins the MVP award for the 49ers locker room. DeForest Buckner wins the Len Eshmon Award, the most inspiring player. That's correct. I mean, two building blocks getting those awards. The end of the day, the cupboard is not barren. Like I said, the Black Friday, or excuse me, Black Monday right now, not looking good. If you're the Dolphins, who are you going to hire? And if you're the Browns, are you really going to hire Adam Gase and feel like he's the guy to turn it around with Baker? I would would hire Freddie Kitchens over Adam Gase. This is not a hot coaching market right now. It's a cold market. There's no Sean McVay out there, I don't think. Someone's going to try and recreate that for sure. I would honestly try that if I I was the Broncos. I would look for some young offensive mind. And not that the Rams are automatically winning Super Bowls, but they're putting themselves in positions to have first-round buys by outscoring everyone every week. Yeah, 49ers, they have a young offensive mind. Kyle has to get better at closing games. This football team did not finish against the Packers. Actually, you know, let's just go through the whole schedule. Like, what kind of game was everything? Week one, very competitive against the Vikings. 24-16 loss. Week two, almost choked away against the Lions. Week three, Jimmy G tears his ACL. Really fought back against the Chiefs. That was damn impressive looking back on the Chiefs being the best team in the league, the number one overall seed out of the AFC. Uh, 49ers Chargers, 29-27. 49ers came out, punched them in the mouth. They were playing a lot better in the beginning of the season than we gave them credit for. The 49ers weren't making enough plays, but they were actually making big plays against good teams. Then they lost to the Cardinals at home, and then it was like the season's officially over. C.J. Beathard is not fun to watch. He came back on Monday Night Football and almost beat the Packers. Kyle's got to get better at closing out games. 
that was that was Kyle's worst game of the year to me. It was against the Packers. Even though C.J. Beathard threw that long interception, that was not the play he was supposed to do. That was a game where you were like, clock management, Kyle was not fully buttoned up. His play calling was amazing. His opening script, C.J. Beathard came down, opening drive, all plays he was comfortable with. Uh, Kyle knew Mike Pettin. Like, it was impressive. It was an entertaining Monday Night Football game, but it was so disappointing to lose that one. Then coming off that short week, the Rams just curb-stopped him, 39-10. They're far away from the Rams. The Rams, though, um, their window is short. They're going to have a lot of roster turnover constantly with the way they acquired contracts. So it's going to be on them to keep acquiring young talent, which they have been, so give them props. Losing the Cardinals after that, then we were like, please tank. C.J. Beathard gets hurt. Like, the snap went over his head or something. It was just like, oh, my God, this is the worst effing season ever. Then you had the Thursday night Nick Mullins debut. The season was like ADBC, like before Christ, after Christ. It was <laughs> before Mullins, after Mullins. It felt like a different season. Niners killed the Raiders 34-3. That was the most embarrassing loss possibly of the year for any team in the NFL. Monday Night Football, yeah, Niners probably should have won that one. They had a defensive collapse late. Then they went to Tampa. Reuben Foster got cut. They played awful against Tampa Bay, of course. Like that, that was to be expected. Robert Sala got on the hot seat after this game. 43-16, Seahawks destroyed the Niners. Then the two wins against the Broncos and Seahawks, probably the, the highest points of the season. Defense turned it around. Nick Mullins made enough plays. Kittle kept going. Breida kept going. Dante Pettis was big. Losing the Bears ugly, the Richard Sherman fist fight, and then the Rams game uh, yesterday, total throwaway. The 2017 season actually was better and entertaining and more wins. This 4-12 and was not as horrible as you think. Only really a couple blowout losses, a couple clock management things. Mostly it was better teams beating the 49ers with a backup quarterback. That's why you feel good moving forward. That's why... You go into the offseason, you get the edge rusher, you get Earl Thomas. The defense is all of a sudden good. Jimmy Garoppolo is back to what he was in December. There's a couple more playmakers on offense. You're never going to stay fully healthy. You're always going to have to deal with injury issues. 49ers, 14 players on IR in 2018. They had 20 in 2017. Didn't feel like they were unhealthy at all on defense at all this season. You can say, oh, they didn't have Tart. They've never had Tart. Tart has never been a big part of the equation. I feel bad for DJ Reed. I mean, he's played literally every position. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Tarvarius Moore, it can't just be him and Witherspoon. You've got to add some type of veteran there next year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sad. This, <laughs> the issues on the team are the same that I said going into the season. It's corner. It's edge rusher. I was higher on the receivers than most. They actually really do need an upgrade. KJ Podcast, we are going to be recapping... This full off season, not going to give you draft breakdowns yet. Way too early for that. 49ers could be coaching the Senior Bowl, which is good news. Anytime you can get more action with draft prospects. Not like many of the seniors are, are top guys, but you could get those Fred Warners, those type of third, fourth round picks that you you fall in love with the guy, the Senior Bowl. He ends up being a seven, eight year starter at a position that you can really count on. It is so windy in San Francisco. 2018, 49ers, not a completely wasted season, but not a season you're, you're just ready for it to be over. You could tell the beat reporters, Barrows wrote something about this season 
being like a movie that you knew the ending to 25 minutes in and it just wasn't a good movie. It's everyone's ready for a break. Kyle's going to go to Mexico. People are going to take some time off. They really should. We'll see if they add the draft consultant. I would guess Adam Peters and some of the other guys would be against that because it neuters kind of what they are. Yeah, it'll be a high-key January because you could have Rich Scangrillo leaving to be an OC somewhere. There's a defensive-minded head coach. He's like, you know what? I love Kyle's offense. Rich has done great things with Nick Mullins. All of a sudden, Rich ends up somewhere. Is a Nick Mullins trade more likely if that place doesn't have their QB set up? Like Miami, Cincinnati. So keep your eye. There, there could be a little bit of staff movement. Could be the 49ers adding to the defensive staff as well. Ken Norton was brought on last year to be that helper for Robert Sala. They never replaced him. They went with D'Amico Ryan's young guys. Jeff Halfley, I don't think they'll fire him. I like him. He taught me a lot about football. He's actually one of my favorite people in the NFL. I don't think they'll fire him, but I don't know. They're, they're going to have to do something about that secondary because it wasn't good enough. Secondaries in the NFL had the most pressure on them. A lot of change ahead. Look at the Redskins, though. Look at some other teams that finished with a better record than the 49ers and are just in utter turmoil. Fire Bruce Allen is like one of the top trends in Virginia, in Maryland, in D.C. There are people, there, there's going to be wrong head coaching hires of the eight vacancies right now. A team's going to be set backwards. In three years, they're going to be firing their next head coach. I would say 15 to 20 NFL teams are in a worse spot than the 49ers. And maybe we'll do that one week. We're going to do an award show in the middle of the week, I believe, with Taylor Price. And we'll talk. We'll hand out awards for this season. We did it last year, too. It's it's fun. That'll be in the middle of the week. Yeah, recapping the season, the 49ers turned the football over way too much. They couldn't get any turnovers on defense. The offense was pretty damn good with backup quarterbacks. The defense is not as good as the yardage suggests. Scoring defense, they weren't good. They couldn't pressure the quarterback. DeForest Buckner really is the only star player on defense. Richard Sherman, you love what he's doing. He's a top 12 corner in the league, top 15 corner, top five on his best day. He started the year better than he finished. Not worried about him at all. You're expecting Earl Thomas back in the secondary. And then, yeah, I mean, this was not the worst 4-12 season. But at the end of the day, I'm sick of losing. I don't want to lose next year. This team is 6-10 and 10 next year. I am going to be frustrated, too. I'm not going to give Kyle the pass next season automatically. They know they need wins. Year 3, pivotal. Going to tell a lot. They go 6-10 and 10 next year. They might not be the right duo to turn this team around. They go 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and seven. They overachieve. They sneak into the playoffs. There's finally excitement. The fans are dying for the playoffs in San Francisco. If Kyle can deliver that in year 3, people will be obsessed with him. He'll get a pass for a while. If he can just deliver a playoff berth next season, even if they miss the playoffs in year four, I don't think there'll be pressure on him in year five. That's how desperate and thirsty this fan base is. Got to have at least meaningful football next year. If there's more injuries again, they are going to have to confront it and do something drastic. I could see an additional strength coach being brought in aside Ray Wright. There'll be some like minor coaching tweaks I don't think it'll be the same exact staff next year. I don't think it ever should be. I always think you should be trying to get better or worse, as Kyle always says. 
Listen, it's the offseason. We have a lot to recap. We're going to get into it every week. KJ Podcast, Blue Wire, bluewirepods.com. Look for our Twitter. Follow it. It'll be coming in January. IG, a lot more content. We're going to be pumping out blogs. Email me, Kevin at Blue Wire Pods, if you want to know more about the team and possibly join it. Marketing, producers. Let me know what your talent is. We can see what the fit is. All right. Continue to share this. Tweet me. We're going to be talking 49ers all offseason. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.